0: And now enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to Seed Realm.
1: Hey boys and girls, welcome to Scene Red. I'm David K. Montoya.
2: I'm Rebecca C. Lofgren.
1: And I'm Aaron Illich. Welcome to this Saturday edition of episode 50. Ooh, 50. Come on. Come on. Ooh.
3: There you go. <laughs> Wh- Whip out the glockenspiels, we're getting ready for the hoedown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, what's going on this week, guys? Um... Well, before I ask you, let's let's just jump into this. A little bit of uh, X-Men news, which is something that's becoming a regular kind of segment on our show. I guess we talk a little bit about the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Or not so much a little bit. We might spill the whole entire segment about the X-Men. But I've actually got something to talk about. So we'll keep it down to this. Did you know back in the 1980s, writers Chris Claremont wanted to have Mystique, the father of Nightcrawler? It's crazy. Yes. Um in fact, because of let's see if I can say this correctly. Because Mystique when when she shapeshifts, she become and becomes a man, she has full functioning man parts, right? Yeah. So technically she could be a father. Well, he also hinted at throughout the 80s that Mystique and this older Uh, She's a blind mutant named Destiny. Uh, She could see into the future. Was like a lesbian couple. So his original concept was to have mystique impregnate Destiny to have Nightcrawler. But back in the 80s, Marvel was so homophobic. They're like, no, no, no. Now, nowadays, fuck, they'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, they wouldn't care probably wouldn't have the same effect as storyline too. Yeah. So that's just that's it. That's all I'm covering as far as Well, you know, that's not, that's not true. Azazel um and anybody who don't know him, he's actually the red guy that kind of looks like Nightcrawler in X-Men first class is Nightcrawler's father. And I don't know. Eh, whatever. Okay, so moving right along uh, you said... We've that-
2: seen a few movies. Uh-huh. We've seen uh, the remake of Carrie. How was that? It was pretty good. I thought it stayed pretty true to the original story, which I... You know how, like, they come out with movies nowadays and they change everything? Right. But the only difference, really, like, spoilers here is that instead of it being her, like, being weird, it was mainly about her mother. She was weird because of her mother. So, like, she wasn't necessarily, like, a fanatic. She was just nuts.
1: Right, right. Yeah, um. Because... Well, and we talked about this a few episodes ago. Actually, it's been more a few episodes. We were talking about how Sissy Spacek, she, she was just scared, you know, walking down the street by herself. You're like, ah, you know, yeah, but with now who's playing Chloe her? Moritz, Moritz. Yeah. Um, you know, she doesn't have that, that same appeal. Yeah. That Sissy Spacek brings to the table. And, but that, that, That made it more believable?
2: They more more played on the fact that she was a girl that just wanted to fit in. She was a pretty girl, but she wanted to fit in, but she was misunderstood because the way she was raised, basically. Her mother was a nut, so she didn't know about anything.
1: So the mom was still a religious zealot, kind of like...
2: She was a religious zealot, but she was crazy. Like, she was just nuts. that shit crazy. Probably like schizophrenic, bipolar, everything under the sun, didn't take no medicines. She was just crazy.
1: Um, and did they have the whole pig blood and all that at the end too yes Mm -hmm. really
2: they kept the whole pig blood thing everything was based the story was basically the same
1: what about at the end when the hand came out of the grave
2: yeah that was there too
1: see that shit haunted me for years man I was a little kid when I watched it and that shit was just creepy as hell so out of like a five star rating what do you give it
2: I'd say like a three and a half Okay,
1: so a little bit better than good.
2: It it was pretty good, but, I mean, it wasn't fantastic. It was, okay. okay. I don't think it was scary enough. Maybe it's just because, like, you know, back then those movies were so scary. Right. Nothing can really live up to it anymore, you know? Right. But it was a good movie just for the sake of the story.
1: You see any other movies?
2: We've seen um The Purge.
1: How was that? I've been wanting to see that movie.
2: I was a little disappointed, like. Really? When I heard about the whole. When I heard about the idea of the movie, I was like, that's a pretty cool idea to go off of, you know? Yes. And it's it could even, like, kind of fall in, like, realistic, like, something that could happen, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, j- it was just the way they did it. it There's some stupid, really, it was just, some of it was so stupid to me, it killed me. Like, um, I'm gonna give some spoilers here, just because I want you to. Know okay, about spoilers. Movie. Um, basically, it's about this family, the dad, he, he uh, sells, he- Secure, let me tell this. Yeah, okay. He sells security systems for a living. So uh-huh. he's become really rich because he was lucky enough to land a job. Cause everybody has to have security systems for the night of the purge. The right. Rich people. Well, before the purge happened, the world was like in disarray. Crime rates were up to like the maximum. Unemployment was up to the maximum. Everybody was poor and you know, even his family was poor. But when the new founding fathers got together to rebirth the United States, it came with the idea of one day of year. To put all the cops, ambulances, paramedics away, and anything is legal for that night.
1: And what is the purpose of this? To
2: keep aggression down, which it does work because their crime rate is at 1% in the whole United States. Oh, wow. Yeah. So people can get their aggressions out during that night, and then there's no hard feelings. But basically, if you piss someone off during the year and it's your boss, they're going to come find you, and they're going to kill you. (laughs) Unless you are held up somewhere where they can't find you. Right. But... So they said the security system, they they do lockdown because he, basically it's like bars all around your windows, your doors, no one can get into your house. Like, they live in a really rich neighborhood and most people there don't even partake in the purge, but they support it by putting flowers out in front of their yard to show that they support it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, the, the, they have two kids and they lock down the house. The daughter goes up to her room and the mom and the dad and the son are sitting in the room watching the news or whatever. The daughter goes upstairs, sees that her, her boyfriend snuck back in. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go talk to your dad. I'm going to make him let us see each other. Because I guess he was a lot older than her. She was like 16. He was like 20 or something. Uh. The dad was like, no. Well, he comes out and the dad goes with the mom somewhere and the son's sitting in there and he's watching the monitors and he sees that there's a guy running down the street on the monitors outside. and He's like, help me, help me. Please, someone help me. They're going to kill me. Let me in. And the son's just like, whatever, you know. And then he's like, please, I don't want to die. I don't deserve to die. So he lets him in. He unlocks the house, lets him in, and the dad's like, "What the hell are you doing?" So this guy gets in their house. The guy runs off. They can't find him in their house. During this, the boyfriend comes out and tries to kill the dad. The dad kills the boyfriend, and then all hell breaks loose. And this
1: is the night of the purge. Yes. So he he's fine. He doesn't. Have, there's no ramifications. like Well, the
2: this guy, the boys try to shoot at him first. Okay. So it would be. It, it, there's no ramifications anyways. But if there was, it would be self defense because the boy tried to kill him. He didn't okay. know that, and the daughter didn't know he was going to do that either. So. Then they're like freaking out because there's some wild man in their house loose. They don't know what he's going to do. And then all of a sudden, these people come walking up to their house and they're like, there's probably like 15 or 20 people dressed in masks. And he's like, I, I know the guys in your house. Your neighbors told us that he's in there. They all, they all pointed to your house. He goes, you need to throw him outside. He's just a homeless pig. Nobody cares about him and let us do our purge. Or we're going to come in there and kill you and your whole family. If you don't bring him outside. And. These people were like rich people, like from their neighborhood. But they were just nuts. Oh really? It, the people? Yeah, the ones that are outside trying to get in because they kill homeless people because they're just homeless and sick people are just uh a pain in society side, basically, is what they all think. The rich people. Right. So the dad's like trying to find this guy, he's like I want him to get out of my house, I wanna s r- protect my family. Um, the little boy shows the guy some he was like some black guy where to hide and plus he was bleeding everywhere, so I don't know how it would have been that hard to find him. There'd have been puddles of blood because he was stabbed. Oh, okay. And the son lets him hide in some secret space. The girl, his sister goes to get in there. The black guy grabs her, puts a gun to her head. He's like, if you don't let me out of here, I'm going to, if you don't let me stay in here, I'm going to kill her. And then there was like a fight ensued and she got her head hit. She got passed out or something. And the dad got him and taped him to a chair with the mom's help. And they started like torturing him so he'd hold still. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, this is all the son's fault, first of all. The son would never let this guy in here. Like the son is so stupid, Right. And then the dad's going through all this trouble to like send his, send this guy back outside. And then he decides he's going to let him stay in the house the last minute.
3: So what happens? After they cut him open. Yeah, no, he was
2: already cut open. They were sticking like, like a knife in his wound and everything to make him held still. And his wife's like, I can't do this anymore. She goes, What have we, like, what have we become? She's like, I can't do stuff like this to people. Well, those crazy people outside, the reason they want him spat is because he ended up killing one of their people. Uh huh. So they come with trucks and they pull all the freaking. Metal thousand or million dollar security system. They pulled the doors off with, with this truck. Like that to me was so unbelievable because they're like, yeah, if you don't let him out, we're going to be here with our uh, our tools in an hour they bring a truck that was our tools i'm like really <laughs> like that is
3: it, the, the funniest part to me is we seen this part because they were showing on the monitors or whatever they look at the monitor there's this guy walking around with a huge ass bazooka on his yeah shoulder. on his shoulder I'm like, really why don't
2: he just freaking hit the house with that everybody be dead yeah. a rocket launcher and so they pull the doors down they come in and then the dad's got a gun the mom's got a gun and the black guy's hiding and the kids are hiding. Well the black guy ran off again. No. I know he was in the chair. I lied. The black guy was in the chair where they left him. They come in and start trying to kill everybody. The dad shoots a whole bunch of them. The mom shoots a few of them. And then that crazy guy, the one who this guy looks like he could be Joker. Like he could if they ever made like a Batman movie game with Joker in it, this guy could be him.
1: Really?
3: It's just the way that he played his character and the way like he It it was so funny because he Literally, you could tell if he had the makeup on, he would be Joker. Joker, really. Yeah. Yes. He
2: got the facial shape, the long, thin face, the pointy chin, the smile and everything. Crazy eyes. Yeah, but anyways. So that guy gets the dad and finally he stabs him with a huge hunting knife. I mean, this thing he is He stabs huge. the dad. Yeah.
3: This thing is like a, it, almost like a machete. Yeah. Oh, uh, always. You know. mean like, this isn't a <laughs>
1: knife. This is a This is a knife.
2: Yeah, so there was no coming back from that. Shot him. The daughter comes out, shoots this guy in the head like three times. And then, meanwhile, the mom's in the in the hallway, and these people are gonna kill her. Well, her friend, all of a sudden, her neighbors come in their house from around the neighborhood and start killing all these crazy people. And the mom goes to her kids, and she sees the dad there, and he's dying in her lap, and she's like all sad, and the kids are crying, and she's like, "Thank you guys so much. Thank you for saving me." They're like, "Oh, we," di-? she goes, "Don't think us, we didn't save you. You're ours to kill." Oh, shit. Yeah, like, we hate you for all the money you made off of us, and you just throw it in our face. We're going to kill you for this. And their kids. And I'm, for, I'm like, first of all, why would they kill? have to kill their kids? That doesn't make any sense to me. Right. You're going to get your ang- anger out. Why would you do it on the little children? Another To me, I was like a hole in the movie. Because these people, all of a sudden, were just heartless. And then, so they're getting ready to execute all three of them, and then the black guy pops out of nowhere. This is the only good part of the movie that I liked. of The whole movie. Okay. Black guy pops out, shoots someone in the head. And then when they shot this guy in the head, the one of the people that was gonna kill her and her kids were like all disturbed about it. Like, oh my god, I can't believe you just shot that person. I'm like, You're gonna kill and murder After and torture the entire thing. And they were gonna torture a little kid. You're gonna torture a little kid, but this person your friend dying, you just can't take that. So he uh he told her he's like, It's your move, you wanna kill him? She goes, There's gonna be no more deaths tonight. So they all go sit at the table. All those her her ex friends and then the black eye and her and they have guns. And they're waiting till seven o'clock. 'Cause so at seven o'clock, that's the purge is over. The ambulances will come out, and there's no more killing. And if you kill, you go to jail for it. Right. And her kids are in there with the dad crying. And all of a sudden, this the blonde lady, she was like the orchestrator of the plan to kill her. <coughs> tries. This is another good part of the movie I like too. Tries to get. This the, is the
3: only part of the movie I like. It good,
2: yeah. Tries to get the gun from her and shoot her. She said, "I. She lost it, there's no. There's not gonna be no more fucking killing tonight.'" And she gets up and she hits her in the face with the the butt of the gun, and then throws her face down into the glass uh table and busts her nose open. And then she's sitting there bleeding. She's like, "Oh my god! Like my nose is broken."
3: And then the sirens go off, (laughs) and she's she's walking out all distraught. (laughs) She'll
2: get the the fuck out of my house, and then they leave. (laughs) And that was the way it ended. Really? Yeah, yeah. And the kid, I'm just like, "That would kill me." It's like the little. It was the son's fault the whole time. Everything that happened was his fault. He never would. And I'm not saying it would be right to kill somebody, but if your parents are for the purge and you interfere in it, you're gonna obviously gonna bring some danger to your family. Well, yeah. It was just because the black guy was even willing to go outside. He's like, you know, what? after this, I'll, I'll just go out and you can save your family. And the dad's like, no, no, just stay. I'm like, oh, after everything, you torturing this man. Now he can stay.
1: Was it like some sloppy five minute writing kind of thing, do you think?
2: I I think it had a really good plot.
1: Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, maybe they should have like did it, it, a couple more drafts of
3: this. Yeah, script. it kind of fa- falls in line with the, the, the whole Stephanie Meyer thing.
2: Oh. It's like a good idea, but just not written well. Right, right, right. Because it had a really good story. Like you could have done so much with that idea of that story. Mm-hmm. But to me, just the way it was written, it was it would it didn't make a lot of sense. Hmm. And I probably wouldn't watch it again. Like I don't hate it, but I didn't love it. It only had a few couple good parts of the movie.
1: Really, I'm glad you brought that up. That's I'm gonna actually pull that back. In our later conversation, I'm going to pull that back up. Okay. And
2: then the last movie we seen was.
1: Oh, another movie.
2: Yeah. We've seen one more. Okay. And I had to watch it. This is because i seen the commercial. I know it's going to, it's going to seem corny, but I had to watch it. They have a new Chucky, the Curse of Chucky. The Curse
1: of Chucky. Uh huh.
2: And I had to watch that movie and it was actually wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah. It was surprisingly good. Considering how bad all the other Chuckys have been, like right. the new ones, this one was actually one of the better. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, enlighten me. For
2: one, the freaking doll in that movie was creepy as hell. the The way they did it.
1: Uh huh. It didn't like, look like Chucky, or did? It? Oh, it did at
2: first. Like they had a re- they had like a regular like buddy, my pat What is buddy or my pal? My bu- my buddy. My
1: buddy, something. or something like yeah. That, yeah.
2: And that was a regular doll in all the movies. Well, when he started moving and shit, that uh-huh. thing looked creepy. Did it not? It kind of like, it kind of like it was cross-eyed, but it was scary as hell looking. It was really? so animated. I
3: can tell that like they they had to have used um like a smaller person for some of the animations because like from the top view, uh uh-huh. like it was, it was so kid. fluid. Yeah, yeah you
2: can tell it was a little kid. But they always done that though in the checking movies. I know, like those yeah. certain ones. But I'm telling you, like when they were talking stuff and moved, that crap That's was it. scary. Yeah. They the way they did the animatronics on it was so good.
1: What about the story?
2: The storyline actually wasn't too bad. Believe it or not, it made somewhat of a little bit of sense. So there it starts out randomly. There's some more spoilers for you. Cause I okay, know you're probably ne- never going to watch this movie. So I'll just probably. tell you. Go Anyways. Ahead. And, Um It starts out with this random family. You don't really know who it is. It's just like this mom and her daughter. And her daughter's in a wheelchair. And her mom's kind of a bitch to the daughter. Mm-hmm. And then they get a package. And the mom opens it. It's for her. And it's a Chucky doll. And she's like, what is this thing? It's hideous. Like, oh, my God. So the mom takes it and throws it in the trash, and then they go to bed, and the daughter hears the mom scream in the night, and she comes down and sees her mom off the staircase on the ground with a pair of scissors stabbed in her chest, and they think it's a suicide. They assume it's a suicide. Okay. So her sister comes down with her um, her husband, her daughter, her nanny, and they bring a priest <clears> because <throat> they know that, that that her mom and her were religious, and they wanted to have someone to do the ceremony or whatever. The last
1: rites. Yeah. Gotcha.
2: And the sister's trying to tell her, you know- you need to you need to let the house go, sell it or whatever, and she doesn't want to let it go and then she, she was gonna give the little Chucky doll to her niece, but she they couldn't find it. Right. So her niece is in the bathroom. Her, the part Her niece has to go to the bathroom and then the the dad and the nanny take her in. They're like, just go to the bathroom, it's okay, don't lock the door. And she's going to the bathroom, she gets up and she sees the the curtains moving and she opens it and Chucky reaches out and grabs her and she screams and they're like, Oh my god, open the door, open the door. She goes, Look what I found. He scared me to death. So like it doesn't really show Chucky talking to her or interacting with her, but through that, through most of that movie, it's, she's like, Oh, Chucky told me this. Chucky told me that. Like, Oh, Chucky said that.
1: So he's not talking.
2: Oh, he is, but we don't really see it. That's Chucky, what I mean. He's not. She, cause, uh, there's a part where the mom's like, she says, Mom, is there no God? And she's like, Who told you that? Chucky said there's no God. She, he said life's a bitch and we all just die in the end anyways. It's like, who's telling you this? Is your father telling <laughs> I you know, that? We all, we, <laughs> we all laughing. laughing. But, uh, so. There's a part where, well, she makes dinner for everybody, the, the girl who's handicapped, her sister's like, oh, I'll make dinner. She goes, no, I want to do it. Like, basically, let me have my freedom. I'm not, I'm handicapped, but I'm not. Just say, like, I can't, it's not that I can't take care of myself. Right. So she makes dinner, and they go out, and Chucky starts putting rat poisoning in the food, but he only has a chance to put it in one. They go back in, and they get the food, they take it out, and you, you don't really know who they gave, who has the rat poisoning in it, because the little girl's like, this tastes weird, and like, they're all acting kind of strange. Right. And then you realize that the priest got it. Oh shit. And he knows something's <laughs> wrong. So he gets up and leaves because he'd even recognize that Chucky doll.
1: He did or did he? Not? He
2: did. He goes, he goes, that doll looks familiar to me. Like, I I, I, think, think, I think I've seen it from somewhere. Like, I don't know, but I, it looks familiar. So then he got up and left. And then it shows you where all of a sudden there's like an accident and he's in a car and he's bleeding. And the, the cops, like, take him out. He's my sponsor. And they're like, is he on drugs? He goes, no, he's clean. He hasn't been drinking. So they think the priest has been drinking or doing drugs. Right. And they take the, they pull the car off him and his head falls off. The only thing that was keeping him alive was the car holding his head because he was in a convertible. Oh. So he dies and they're trying to figure out like. Who did it? So then it goes back to the house and basically Chucky then proceeds to kill everyone. Like one by one. Okay. Kills the nanny, electrocutes her to death. The nanny and the mom were actually lesbians together. They were having, like, a video chat across the room. Yeah. Okay. And then he goes and kills the mom, stabs her eyeball out. Then he proceeds – well, he doesn't kill the dad yet because the dad thinks that the, the aunt did it. So he, he like, ties the aunt up, and he's like, what did you do to my daughter? She's like, I didn't do anything. Like, listen to me. <clears throat> then he gets killed. And then finally, Chucky tries to kill the aunt. So he throws her off the – well, first he stabs her in the leg with the hatchet, and she can't feel anything. And then he, she chops his head off and then I'm like, I'm like, seriously? She's like, oh, he's dead. I'm like, Chucky doesn't die that easily. We all know this. Right. So she turns around, he gets back, he puts his head back on. We already knew that was going to happen because it's happened before in previous movies. Right, right. He tries to kill her and finally, I guess the cops come, but when he's trying to kill her, she's like, why are you doing this? Like, what is, what's happening? Right. Well, earlier that day when her sister first came there watching a movie of when she was, her mom was pregnant with her. Uh huh. And it, cause her dad died like a week after that video was taken. And ever since then, her mom was like never the same. And there was like some random guy in the video. And she's like, who is that? And she was like, I don't know. I think it was just one of our creepy neighbors we had. So he's like, yeah. He goes, "He." she basically figured out that he was Chucky.
1: That was Chucky. That guy in the
2: video was Chucky. And then he tells her the story of what happened. Uh-huh. Basically, he fell in love with her mother and killed the father and tried to take her like To make a family with her and the kids
3: Uh while she was pregnant. While
2: she was pregnant. And he had her like tied up like in a warehouse somewhere. And I guess when he left, she called the cops on him. Cause he's like, Oh, I'm gonna go pick up your daughter now. She goes, No, no, don't. Cause he was like a child killer and pedophile, if you remember correctly. I don't. He was alive and like a Satanist and all that crap. Yeah, I remember that. Well, he. She, when she found out she called the cops, he stabbed her in the stomach. That's how the girl became paralyzed. Ah, okay. But he, he said that he would never, that, that, that they had to die basically because of what his mother did to them, did to him. Okay. You know how he was crazy. I mean, it doesn't make that much sense, but it does. He's like, you're the only people that ever got away from me that I never got to finish a job on and this and that. And then he's like, she's like, oh, but you didn't kill Andy.
1: Who? Oh, Andy. Andy,
2: the, the first kid, the very first one from the first child's play.
1: And they knew about this. No, he told her about it. Okay.
2: Because he's like, "Yeah, Andy was my first, but he got away. Or no, she was talking about Andy was doing something or whatever. He was like bragging about how Andy's life was crap or whatever. Uh huh. And she was in into psychology, so she told him she was like, "Oh, so you're having anxiety issues or whatever? You can't finish or whatever?" And he got pissed off. But when he was gonna kill her, the cop came in. The cop got arrested. Thought she's the one that did everything, so she got put. She had to go to trial. Okay. And then when she's in trial, they sentenced her to be locked up in the mental hospital forever and she she goes by the doll she's like you know what you motherfucker i'm still alive ha 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 i'm still alive like she's all crazy now
1: Uh uh-huh
2: and then the cop takes the doll puts it in his car and he's like getting ready to drive he calls somebody get ready to drive when he looks at the bag and the bag's going (sighs) you can see like the breathing under the bag and he's like what the hell and all of a sudden tiffany pops up and cuts this guy's throat
1: tiffany his His bride 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 bride.
2: yeah she was in it at the end. I was like, what the heck? You know how she, you know how in the, in the seat of Chucky, she took over Jennifer Tilly's body and then her right, twins, right, right. her kids got into the twins' bodies. Right. Well, she was in it. I guess it played off of the old story. So she took him home and then he, she's like, where do you want to be sent next? Right. So she like wraps him up and sends him somewhere. Well, then it goes to that little girl. He never killed that little girl. The little girl from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. She went to live with her grandma, her dad's mom. Uh huh. And. So it show, he shows up over there, and the little girl comes up. She's like, Grandma, I'm home. And she sees a box on the table, and she's like, what the heck? Like, where's my grandma at? He pops out. And he's, like, cussing up a storm. She's like, "Chucky, don't be cussing at me. It was funny, but stupid. And then he's like, we're going to play a game of hide the soul or whatever. And then she goes, why do I always have to be it? And he's like, because you're because You're the last person I'll ever suspect. So basically, he's putting his soul into her body because uh-huh. he never got a body for his soul. Right. Which I never understood that because – if you remember, like in all the other ones, he would always try to get a body and never could. Right. Something would always happen. Uh, uh, have you seen The Sea of Chucky? That movie is pretty funny, but. No. It's actually really funny.
1: No, well, i seen bits and pieces of it. I didn't see all of it.
2: And then that was basically the end of it, but I just, I thought it was pretty good considering that it actually had somewhat of a storyline that went off of from the other ones. It wasn't just like random. Like, this, the Seed of Chucky was pretty random. <coughs> yeah. Like, I it had Tiffany in it, but then I didn't understand how Tiffany became Jennifer Tilly when she already was Jennifer Tilly in The Bride of Chucky. You've seen Bride of Chucky, right?
1: Yes, unfortunately. I've yeah, she's Jennifer,
2: one. Her the character's by Jennifer Tilly. Right. Well, in The Seed of Chucky, she's back in the doll's body, and she needs a body to go into, so they kill Jennifer Tilly, the actress, and put her in Jennifer Tilly's body. When she's already Jennifer Tilly in the other movie, because that's her character being played by her. I was like, I don't understand this. Right. It made no sense i don't know who writes these things but it, for over for being a chucky movie i would say it's not that bad
1: right on
0: and now a word from our sponsors before 1971 a young s sadie burbank could only imagine a simple american life as a loving wife and mother that was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18 but with the wild social revolution of the 1960s Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Roberts Field Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt or non-members can pick up one of our eBooks for only $4.95. Or go into the past to relive the 90s with... MythWorks Comics Classics for 3.99. dollars The new MythMart. Bigger. better, Better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one- to two-minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra $10, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jesimon.com.
1: Um, the only thing that I've seen this week is it's called True Egos. Have you seen that? It's on Netflix. Mm-mm. And, you know, for the most part, it's a good movie. And what it is, is it, it takes place. A, well, number one, let me start in the beginning. Um, they're superheroes and they've captured all spoilers. They've captured all the supervillains. Okay. And it's been 10 years since a supervillain's been, um, you know, running the street—they're all in prison. So the government decides that they're going to start cut uh, the funding for the super, the superhero league or whatever the fuck they call it. And with that, because some of the like the big name superheroes are living like high on the hog from government funding. Mm-hmm. And now because is it a series or a movie? It's a movie. Oh, okay. And. Because now the the government is going to, you know, stop giving them money for being superheroes. Now they're like, uh, what do we do now? So then it jumps to this guy and his name is Fridge or short for refrigerator. What? And his, he's pretty much kind of like an Iceman type mm-hmm. character. He wakes up. He's in bed and he's in bed with this one chick and he wakes up and he's he's got the whole garb on he's got the costume the mask and he he gets up and he grabs his cup of coffee and and you know he's watching the news about how everybody pretty much hates superheroes and they think that they're just you know sucking up government money money and then his friend who is uh see through can you guess what his power is
2: visibility
1: no he can see through shit oh really yeah x-ray vision oh it says, okay, well, I have, uh, this job I need you to help me with. And he's like, okay. So he goes and meets see-through at this kind of old, uh, beachside resort. And he's talking to see-through. And he, the, the guy's like, well, what's, what's, your... the guy's like, well, what's your problem? What's the matter? And he goes, dude, my lady's cheating on me, man. And. He's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Do you know who it is? And he goes, Yeah, it's, it's whatever his name is, Brian. And he goes, Brian. He goes, Yeah, my alter ego, Brian.
2: Oh my God.
1: He goes, That dirty bitch whore. She's, and, and C3 is like, Wait a minute. You, you are him and him, he, he is you. And he's like, Yeah, so that's how I know she's cheating. And he's like, Uh, okay, and he's like, I'm going to break up with that dirty whore bitch, you know. And uh, so they're there, and then they they come in, and they see this guy who's chained to the bed. I can't remember what his name is. He kind of reminds me of, um, shit, what's his name? George Clooney. It's not, but he kind of reminds me of George Clooney. And so they have to transport the this guy who's like the last supervillain, and in the process of of doing this, um, he goes and he's the the fridge is like okay that's fine but I've I've gotta I've gotta email whatever her name was because I've got to email whatever her name was because I'm breaking up with her yeah so he goes into the cabin like where the office cabin is. And he's like, it he gives this one lady this whole spill about, you know, how he needs, it's an important superhero business, da, 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 da. And she turns to the sign and it says something, you know, no, no shirts, no service, no internet or some shit like that. And he's like begging her. And then in comes the guy from that seventies show. Um, the cool one with the curly hair. Oh, yeah. He's a cop. He's like, I work for truth justice in the American way. And he's like, what do you do? And he's like, I free stuff. And he's like, and? and he goes, that's it. And he goes, well, Superman has heat vision. He can free stuff with his breath. He can fly. And Fridge is like, that's a fictional fucking character. <laughs> And so they, they have a back and forth, and, and they were starting to get heated, but then see-through, seeing what was going on, he was watching them, so he comes in and breaks them up. And and the process, he's like, okay, but I need to get to the Internet. And, and, he's, and then see-through is like, well, why don't you change to your alter ego, the normal guy, and go in there and ask? And he goes, well, okay. And he goes, while you're at it, take a shower. Because mind you, he wakes up and he's and early in the, in the movie, he's like, "How long have you had that costume on?" And he's like, "A long time." So he, at this point, he's telling him, "You know, take a shower." Eat, yeah. He can smell. And he changes his costume to the alter ego, and he walks in and he asks this chick about um, the internet, and they get into a conversation about how much they hate superheroes. And so she's like, yeah, go ahead. Go use my internet. So he breaks up with her, this chick on the internet. Now you jump back to him. He's walking back, and, and see-through comes by, and he's like, I got something to tell you. But, in, but as this point, he's talking to the lady behind the counter, and he's setting up dinner plans. He's like, I'll talk to you in a minute. I'll talk to you in a minute. You know. So he sets up dinner plans. And he goes, you know, your parents... You know, they were killed and, and the way that they set it up was the, the father killed the mother and then killed himself. Well, he goes, well, that, that was a cover up. He goes, the man we're getting ready to transport is the one that killed your mom and dad. And that enrages the fridge, right? So the fridge is going and he's standing there. He's like, I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to kill this guy for killing my parents. And see through is more like, Yeah, go ahead. Go do it, man. I'm going to stand out here. You know, justice is justice. Go, just go kill him. Yeah. I won't say nothing. And he's like, okay. And he walks in there. And then as he's walking in there, you're starting to put two and two together. You know, you're like, okay. The fridge is a patsy for something. You don't quite know what it is yet, but you know, he's a patsy. He walks in there and the guy's just smiling and he goes, you killed my parents. And, and he's, uh, you know, Making his little ice sparkles in his hand and shit, and the guy's just like looking at him. He's like, and then all of a sudden his arm starts twitching, the fridge's arm, and then he starts break dancing. And when you're watching it, you're like, what the fuck? You know, there's different angles and different shots and views and whatever. Yeah. And then you realize that the guy has the power. The villain has the power to take over the person's ability to um to move. And you're like, oh, okay. So it gets kind of weird there because he doesn't like free himself. He just makes him break dance and shit. Yeah. And then see through walks in and see through is like, you know, said something about a serum. And there was uh, earlier in the, in the movie, you see him shooting up and you just think he's doing drugs, but it's actually a serum where they can't, um he can't manipulate the other person's mind. Mm-hmm. So you go forward into this. And mind you, all during this time, the fridge is trying to set up a date with the chick behind the counter. Okay? Then you find out that See-Through is going to go outside. He's going to talk to to Captain Awesome, who's the the head of the league. He's like Superman kind of thing. Mm. And the guy is like, you know you look like your dad. And he's like, did you really kill my dad? And he's like, yeah, but I, you know, Tom was, Tom was a great guy. And he's like, don't you mention his name? And he goes, I was sad about it too, because he was my older brother. So you find out that this villain's his uncle. <laughs> and he gives the whole backstory about how, um, the older brother, Fridge's father, you know, develops his powers first. He becomes a great superhero, gets with this superhero girl and forgot about him, you know, the villain. And he decides that he's going to take his powers because he can pretty much make anybody do whatever he wanted, and he's going to live a life of crime, but he's going to live a life of luxury. Well, one night they met up, um, the brothers got in an argument, and out of rage, um, he made the brother shoot his wife and then shoot himself. So, to make a very long story short, as I'm going on and talk about this, the less interested I'm becoming about it, <laughs> um, he freezes his uncle. And then you you see, you find out that it was all a ploy to get the Fridge to become the new supervillain so they can have the funding, you know, reinstated for the superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. So... All this is going on. He's like, I got to leave. I got to leave. He changes his costume. He goes back to his civilian clothes. He goes and runs to to the chick behind the counter. He finally has lunch, which like, wait a minute, just 30 seconds ago, you were on the run. Now you're having dinner with the chick. And you're they're talking and they're getting ready to leave together. And then remember the guy from that 70s show yeah. they had a fight with? Yeah, the cop. He comes out dressed as the fridge. And he holds a gun and he shoots the girl behind the counter and he shoots see-through. But then the, the real fridge freezes him and um, he's crying about see-through, even though that there was a fight behind it. Um, he's like, you know, crying about see-through being shot mortally shot and then even though the chick has been injured she gets up and she reveals that she has a superpower she's a healer so she heals herself she heals him
2: what the heck
1: <laughs> they're talking and he's like well uh, as far as i'm concerned Fridge is right there he's dead wait, wait a minute
2: all this and then you're just like whatever yeah. he's dead
1: And he's like, I'll, I'll take care of this. So the, the real fridge and the new girlfriend jump in the car, they take off. Um, he goes, see through, takes the, the cop's body, dumps it into the lake until it's found. When it's found, they say the fridge wasn't a villain. It, you know, he was this cop, blah, 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 gave him, you know, hero's tribute, but said that the other guy, the uncle was still alive and at large, and because the uncle was still alive and at large, they needed superhero protection from this guy, so they reinstated the superhero funding. And as you're watching bits and pieces from the, the different news articles, you see um, see-through burying the uncle's body. Oh. Uh, the end.
2: The heck?
1: And... It was it was amusing. It was okay. I gave that it feels like
2: two hours of your life that you can't take back.
1: Yeah. Uh, why? Well, okay. This is this <laughs> is why. Sounds was is, like a pothead. Wrote
0: that.
1: it, that's when you say that because th- where I found about it is I was listening to it on a podcast that uh, Kevin Smith does. And I was gonna
3: say I knew this was gonna be related to Kevin Smith somehow. Yeah. And it always is. <laughs>
1: And it was actually picked up and distributed by Smodcast Presents. Ah. So he was the distributor. And, you know, they did like a two-hour thing about talking about this guy. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to push pause because they said, if you haven't seen the movie yet, push pause, watch the movie, and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast, which I'm glad I did. Actually, no, probably because if I would have listened to the rest of the podcast, I probably wouldn't have not watched the movie, but... (laughs) So, well, that's what I did. Is he he released the movie, and it's this guy, and his his parents are doctors. You know, he's rich. This is real. Who the director yeah. director is? This is like his second movie, uh, his very first movie that he ever made. He was able to run, to raise half a million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars. And he just kind of, uh, you know, it wasn't that good. And I'm thinking, five hundred or $500,000, and he's just kind of blowing it off, right? And they're talking about how independent filmmakers are today. And then he's like, well, then I decided I'm going to write this one movie, which ended up being Alter Egos. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to make this movie for $25,000. And I was like, okay, that piqued my interest to listen to more about it. And... When he said that, Kevin Smith laughed and he said, well, how much did it end up costing you? He goes, well, that movie only cost $250,000. Now, when you say only, that tells you you're coming for money and that does not make you independent.
2: Yeah, it doesn't.
1: No. Indie is (laughs) when you think five bucks. Budget films. (laughs) Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Shoestring films. You know, when five bucks is like, oh, we got five bucks. You know what I'm trying to say? not. Five million dollars. Yeah. And that's what I was going to talk about tonight is back in the 90s, like, um, Robert Rodriguez made his movie, um, the one, he ended up remaking it again later called Desperado. Mm-hmm. But I think the original was Eluch. El, what was it? Ah, oh, fuck it. I don't care. Anyway, it was only $7,000. He made an entire movie with seven grand. That is indie filmmaking. Yeah, it is. Kevin Smith, he took all his credit cards, he sold all his comic books. He spent $26,000 to make Clerks. That's an indie movie. Yeah. You know, um Richard Linklater, you know, he made um uh, Slacker's, you know, and I think that only cost like $50,000. But still he had to raise that capital. It was only $50,000. You know, that's indie. Nowadays Anything from, what is it? Anything less than, uh, what is it? I think it, if it's anything less than like a $100 million is considered indie. For example, another example is they're making their Tusk movie. The Tusk movie budget is $4 million. And he's like, "That's just a little cheap indie flick movie. And I'm like, how the fuck is $4 million cheap? And I I, I kind of sat down and realized something at that moment. What I um, – I'm getting caught up in the emotion here. What I see as cheap and indie is not what everybody else sees as cheap and indie. And and that kind of just kind of ruffled my feathers a little bit because if I had $4 million and that's anything less than $4 million, they consider it as a shit, piss-poor movie. You have to have more than $4 million to make. $4 million and above is to make a good movie. Yeah. I could make a wonderful movie with $500,000. I know I could. Yeah. I know I could have, you know, the whole shebang. You know, might not have, you know, the the three... the um, Shit, what is it? The three units. You know, you have first unit, second unit, third unit shooting, you know... First unit's shooting primary. Second unit is shooting, like, maybe the minor characters, what's going on. And then the third unit is, like, shooting, like, the trash can sitting in the corner. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. We might not have a, a second or third unit, but I could I could make a, a movie. And I could surely, and, and they were talking about on the podcast, you know, you're listening to the storyline, you watch the movie, you're like, fuck, I could have made this movie. Dude, I could have made that movie? Seriously? On my iPhone, <laughs> there was, I mean, other than, you know, he would, um, he would do the little sparkle thing with his hand and he did it like three times throughout the movie. I think I could get enough good CG free online to do the exact same thing or do it, you know, because you can download CG off your phone. Yeah. I honestly, I'm like, where did all that money go? I mean, did you, did you spend? Pay like uh, the dude from the 70s show, did you pay him like I don't know
2: 75% of the freaking money? Four hundred
1: and fifty thousand dollars to you know to play that one little bit of role? I mean, where did the money go? And it just it blew my mind. So here's my question to you. If someone would go and say, here's four million dollars, what kind of movie would you what I'm um, this is for both of you. I want separate answers from both of you. What kind of movie would you make for $4 million? I was thinking about that before you came over. Animated? Like full-on animated? Like full-on anime. Well, you know, full-on animated, I mean, we're talking CG graphic and all that? Yes. That's only a $1 million. You still have $3 million left. And the rest of the $3 million, I
3: don't know. It would have to be... I I would want good voice actors though. So you'd spend it in the acting, the voice yeah. acting. Yeah. Because a lot of the popular voice actors nowadays, like they, they don't they don't charge a lot because they know they stay true to themselves. But a lot of them do charge a lot because that's what they're used to. Right. What about you, Bets?
2: I'd probably make like a zombie movie. I could have all the good ass like special effects makeup artists. I people ever from want. The Walking
1: Dead. <laughs> I ever
2: want. And you wouldn't have to have that many well known actors. You could use all your money for like location and you'd have like one main good actor. Right. And everybody one else. Could draw. Be, yeah, and then one and then everybody else could just be like no name actors and like extras and as long have, as it's
1: not Brad Pitt.
2: Yeah. As long as it's not Brad Pitt. I think it would be good to do that. Like it wouldn't take it would I mean it would take a lot of money, but it wouldn't take that much money. I think you could make a good movie, like a good zombie movie with that kind of money.
1: I agree. um, And a lot of people who know me is going to be surprised, but I think with the $4 million, I could make a really good, a long time ago, about 10 years ago, I wrote a a script, a movie script about hospitals. And originally it was called drama Valley hospital because of, of how much drama goes in behind the scenes, you know, with different people. And, Just recently, I started playing with it again, and I I ended up calling it "Professional Secrets." And I think I could, I could make a instead of having to try to go find a place to shoot, you know, at a hospital, I'd actually have that shit built, you know, make sound stages. Yeah. And I could, oh my god, I would have money left over where (laughs) I could market it myself, you know, buy TV spots, and and have. I don't know. I, I just, the thought, now, our goal is $450,000 for the animated a Ayotnum film. And yes, I realize that is a lot of money. But that's not our initial. That's if we reach this goal, I know what all I can get. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is everything that I want to put into a film or animated film. This is what it's going to cost me. But I know what the the actual cost of the film is, you know, on the low end of things. And though it's it's considerably cheaper, I think that, I don't know. Again, it's the way I see indie and the way people see indie are, I guess, two different things. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to get on too much of a. A rant, I guess, but yeah, of oh, shit. I mean, with four million dollars, I could probably do two films, to be honest with you, <laughs> two and a half. I don't know,
3: but I wouldn't even be trying to make it if I <laughs> if I had four million dollars. I would I would get myself financially situated first, and then work on the film.
1: That's true, you know, and that's it. Was kind of frustrating and and and. Kevin Smith was talking on the podcast and he's like, after you listen to this podcast, you should feel like you want to go make a movie. But after listening to the podcast, it was very frustrating to me because number one, the, the one guys that he promoted before called the dirties, the, the writer director was the son of a doctor. And this one is a son of two doctors. And I'm like, fuck, is, is that what it is? Is that what we have to do? Is, is that we
3: have, we have to-, to adopt our children out to rich people and then get them back when they're older and get all the money
1: off of <laughs> right. them? Right. What the fuck? <laughs> right. And that's the way I, I was feeling is, is like, unless you come into some type of money and I don't care. I've worked with doctors for almost 20 years. I know the truth about doctors. I know how much money they make. If they, if they ever say, Oh, I don't have that much money. They're lying. They are lying. Doctors, especially independent doctor practices make at least one and a half million dollars a year. Okay. So you've got to have some type of money because number one, you, you have to have some type of cred- credential to go in and, and get that much money, you know, to spend half or get half a million dollars on your first short film. Not only are you going to spend half a million dollars on making a first film, you're going to make it a short film, which I think I it was, it was like 29 minutes long or some shit like that. You have to have some type of credential behind you. Yeah. You have daddy who's an MD. That's your credential. And to me, it was very frustrating. And I'm not saying no, I'm, I'm not quitting the Ayotnum project. I'm not quitting anything, but it was just, if you really want to hear the progress, of an indie film, then keep coming back every week here because we'll give you the progress of a real independent film. We don't have hand over fist money. We don't have the credentials for mommy and daddy. You know, they're not doctors. And while we do have connection, family connections inside Hollywood, that will not serve us nothing. I mean realistically that won't that won't do us any good. I mean if, if we were more maybe kiss asses and brown noses that might put us further up the ladder into getting things done but realistically this is as indie as a project is going to get. So there you go that's why I gotta have my hats off to all those
3: indie game uh, producers because you, you can you can go on Xbox Live you can go on Facebook perfect example Facebook. You look at all the Facebook games; those are all indie games. Are they? A lot of them are. Yeah.
2: Well, not all of them. Some of them are made by like EA and bigger name companies. And like
3: Zynga and yeah, but a lot of them are indie games.
2: That people produce by themselves and make.
3: Same thing with, (laughs) same thing with Android apps, like games and stuff like that, and different apps. Those Uh are all indie. And that's why, like I said, my hats are off to them because they can make. They can make something successful with just their ideas and know in a
2: program they have, yeah. right?
1: And hopefully that's where we're gonna go, folks. Yeah. Is we're gonna take this dopey idea. I'm working on Act Three still of a Yotnome yeah. and you know, hopefully we'll see it to fruition, and and you know, we'll set and do the recordings. Do I think we'll become millionaires? no not really no is there a, a opportunity to do so oh absolutely you know this is the biggest project i've ever worked on in my life so you know there's always and i think there's something else different too between the real indie people and and people like you know people that made uh um the dirties and uh ultra egos yeah is that they they talk about that well, that's not my goal. I I wasn't trying to make all this money. That is a lie, okay? That it's is because a lie. they
3: knew it. it. They knew it flopped so hard and it came out as shit. That's why. No, I wasn't trying to make money. Of course you were. Every fucking person tries to make money. Sometimes Absolutely. they do. Sometimes they do it just. For, for the money. For the money. And sometimes they do it because they want to do it. So they feel like that they have an idea. Money is an added bonus. Yeah.
1: Because, okay, this is... Yes, I want people to go see this. But I don't want people to go see this for free. Yeah. You know, there's that fine line. You know, that that would be kind of stupid to spend that kind of money and put it out on YouTube if I wanted it for free. Yeah. You know, movie makers... Who are passionate about their craft, about making movies. They make the movies and they want people to go see them. But on the flip side, they want to get fucking paid for that. You know? Yeah. And when I hear people talk about, especially when they call themselves indie. Oh, I don't care. I don't care if anybody wants to buy it. If you're a real indie. You know, you'd be fucking praying, please, somebody buy the movie so I can have enough money to make a second movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, I don't know. So that's my my uplifting spill on alter egos and indie filmmaking. Um, We are just a nose hair away from our episode 52. Uh, tomorrow, come back for Sunday and hear us babble about something in episode 51 and then then come back that's we're doing three days straight people so hopefully by the time we get to episode 52 the three of us still have a voice left so i think that's pretty much it for this week well not this week but for today because we will be back tomorrow so we'll see you tomorrow i'm david k montoya I'm
2: Rekha C. Lofgren.
1: And I'm Aaron Nulich. And if you're one of those douchebag indie filmmakers that just wants to have people watch your movie, then after listening to this, you're definitely seeing red. Good night.